This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 60 of the Stacey West podcast. It is another Friday episode, but that is because Gary's been busy this week, haven't you, mate? Yes, yeah, I've been um, doing all sorts actually this week. A lot of it club related, to be fair. Last night, um, as some listeners know, I was involved, I've been involved with the Priory Academies uh, teaching alternative media so basically delivering my story and thankfully not teaching them things like grammar and uh, and, and accuracy and <laughs> articles but more um, writing from passion um, creative writing wordplay the stuff that um, you know I, I like to think that I have as a, a bit of a strong point um, and it was really nice because the, the the pupils who were year nine pupils which I've been told is um, if I one teacher who I uh, who wasn't connected to the prior academy said that year nine was what he described as the little bastard phase hmm. uh, because they're not quite kids anymore but they're not quite adults either um, I, I didn't see any of that they were they were fantastic and there was um, you know some really good kids there Um so we were presenting the, the publication that we put together. Ellis Chapman came down. The club provided a room. It was yeah, it was really nice. So I was doing that, uh, and then I've been at the club again today for top secret stuff, which um, isn't interesting for anybody at all. But <laughs> fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I, I've been. I, I went down to see the uh, to see the the uh, pretty bang lights as a as it was on uh, on Tuesday. Um, it was actually a like a really good event really good night um there was a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of people there um and yeah it was it was just it was just a really pleasant sort of enjoyable evening um and it was reasonably priced as well which i think uh, you know some people suggested that uh, some people to me suggested when i said oh i went to the football to see the fire uh, football club to see the fireworks last night a lot of them went oh how much was that then and when i told them i think it was only like 4 quid if you were a season ticket holder and 5 quid otherwise um and a lot of people just said, "Bloody hell, that's not bad." And yeah, the display was 
well, it was it was really impressive. Um, but yeah, caught up with Mister Scully, gave him some stick about uh, giving me some stick. It was uh, it was all very nice. But, uh, well, yeah, uh, go on. I yeah, uh, I've we've had some good news, or I've had some good news about the uh, the blog as well today. Yes, indeed. Uh, something I only found out about literally 30 seconds ago. Yeah, something I only found out about 10 minutes ago. Uh, I haven't had an email through or, or anything like that. But um, yeah, Stacey West has been nominated for a Football Supporters Association Award, um, which is incredible, really. It's, you know, I know for uh, the Football Blogging Awards, which is always nice to be nominated, but, you know, the finalists of in that in that award are voted for. So to get through to the final, it's all about how you, you kind of push it yourself. Um, but to be one of six uh, alternative fan media sites nominated um, without a, a, a voting structure, just purely on merit is uh, incredibly humbling. Um, it is a voted for now. Um, so please do vote, but I'm up against the Anfield rap and, you know, they're an absolutely huge uh, fan media site. I mean, they're massive. I think they're full time. So um, I, th- I think the real honour here is being nominated, um, but not being defeatist. Um, you know, it's not about winning for me. It's about being recognised and, and everybody connected with the site. Let's, you know, yourself, Ben, my writers, like some Malcolm and Gary Parle, who, who, who put lots of work in and, and then grab Bob's photos. You know, it's, the site's very much a, a group effort. So um, it's incredible to be nominated for something in that way, um, especially to be, you know, regarded on, on level playing field with the Anfield rap is, is, is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's, you know, from, from somebody that's a, a, a part of the site, but, but not entirely, if that makes sense, it's, you know, it's really good to see. And it's, uh, it's well-deserved because I know the amount of effort that you put into it all. And it's, uh, it's, yeah, thoroughly deserved, and then hopefully, you know, it'll uh, it'll result in a a night out and a good meal and all the rest of it, and you can have a, a decent uh, decent evening on that one. But uh, well, and also congratulations to everyone else connected to Lincoln who's been nominated, um, mm-hmm. because I think Josh Vickers has been nominated for award, Alan Long has been nominated for award, and the Lady Imps have been nominated nominated as well. So, um, you know, it's Excellent. really positive for for Lincoln City as a whole. Absolutely, but uh, we'll we'll move away and on to some slightly less positive stuff. Uh, we'll talk about the weekend um, away at Wimbledon. I was uh, I was forced to listen to it because I couldn't make the trip down, and it was one of those that for about eighty minutes I thought we might hang on for a win here, and particularly in the first half, I thought it sounded like we were much the better side. Um, and we, you know, we possibly could have stuck one or two away rather than than sneaking in at half time with a one nil lead. Um, looking back over the highlights, I thought possibly there was a couple of chances that, yeah, it, it may be just an extra, you know, an extra foot somewhere or, you know, striker moving into a different, slightly different position could have resulted in a goal, but wasn't to be. And unfortunately, you know, last minute they uh, they snuck in and got the uh, got the equaliser, but. The thing is, there's, there's. I've seen some people already criticising Vickers for not keeping a clean sheet. He couldn't do anything about that goal. Like there was absolutely no way he could have done anything about it. It was unfortunate, and it was, you know, end of the game. Everyone's looking a bit tired, and unfortunately, it just kind of got whipped in, and their their guy rose above and scored. And you you picked it out of the last week. You know the, that front that attacking force that Wimbledon have got. 
it's it could possibly grace the top of the division. It's just uh, everything else that seems to be letting them down at the minute. But um, how did you see it on uh, on Saturday? What, what was your what was your take on it? Yeah, I find that quite amusing because I did pick up on their um, strike force, but I picked up on Fours and Pigger, and it was a pyre who came on and got the goal. Um, <laughs> and I think I think therein lies kind of part of the problem that we have at the moment is. Uh, they were able to bring on a player um, in Kwasi. Is it Kwasi Apaya? Would that be right? Uh, you, know, you know, you know what I I'm like with my. You know what I'm like with my um, with my uh, pronunciations. Um, but they had a little bit of a little bit of power and pace on the bench. I mean, I think Apaya. Uh, if I've got the right person in mind, I think he was at Peterborough. I think he, he played for for Palace as well. So. Um, you know, had we had some fresh legs and the right options to come on uh, when we needed it, maybe we would have seen out the result. Um, first half, I thought we were actually very good. Um, I thought we played the ball around nicely. I thought we attacked at pace. I thought Bruno was having a good game. Uh, I thought George Grant was having a good game. Uh, I, I certainly felt that Jack Payne was was rising to the occasion. I mean, um, you know, we, we gave Payne a couple of pelters, I think, on here last week or the week before where we were saying maybe, just maybe, it's time for him to be rested. And, you know, I thought he popped up with a good performance. It was a good goal. Um, for one of a, either a tremendous save or the post, I'm not sure which one it was, but Tyler could have added a second. Um, I actually thought it was quite harsh to call as wasteful. Uh, I, I, I think that's what... Um, Michael Appleton said that, you know, he was angry that we didn't put them to the sword. I thought all the way up to half time that we'd done really, really well. Um, I had an issue with the change at half time. Uh, if it wasn't for an injury, I don't think there was any need to change anything. And I think in his press conference, Michael Appleton had said that he didn't feel George had done enough in the first half. We were winning one nil away and, and Wimbledon hadn't had a foothold in the game. I felt when George went off and we, we shifted things about, Jake Hesketh, I think, dropped in the 10-roll. Jack Payne went out wide. I thought as mm. an attacking force, we looked weaker. Uh, now, this is this is opinion. It's not fact. Um, but I don't think Jack Payne is as confident or as comfortable on the wing for us as he is in the centre. I think he tends to drop inside a little bit, so we lack a little bit of width. Um, if you're going to make that change, Make it like for like George Grant, Harry Anderson, Bruno over on the left. Surely, surely. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of praise for Hesketh's performance, but we, I thought we were battered in the second half, if I'm honest. It, it, you know, we were in control. The changes were made, whatever the reason for. And then I thought in the second half, we showed great character in that we, we were kind of hanging on a little bit. Um, and people say we shouldn't mm. be hanging on against the team third from bottom. Let's be honest, this is a team that, as we said, had won three out of four or whatever it was. So, you know, they're no mugs. Um, they've been at this level for three years now. This is their third season. They understand what they need to be, what they need to do. Um, maybe we're a little bit naive. You know, it was a ball into the box. I felt perhaps should have been dealt with a little better. I think if you look from where Apaya comes from, you've got Shackle probably five yards in front of him. I think you've got Callum Connolly, the wrong side of him, and you've got Neil Erdley coming in from the back as well. It's a free header, and there's three players around there that perhaps should have dealt with it. Um, do you know what? I actually don't think a point at Wimbledon is terrible. I think there'll be plenty of teams that mm. don't come away from Wimbledon with a point this season. But unfortunately, fans look in the context of runs of results. They look in the context of where a team is in the league. And, you know, 
we haven't put a good run of results together and we are falling down the league and we went away to a team that were third from bottom, didn't win, and that team climbed out of the bottom three. So it didn't look like a good weekend on paper, I don't think. Um, But I'd be interested to know what your thoughts were on the change. Well, that was the thing because I when it um, when it was mentioned on the on the radio, they they were speculating again about whether it was um, whether it was an injury or not, and they said, "Well, it must be because, like you said, I, I think they um, uh, Michael and Tomo said on the radio, well, it, you know, Grant's had a good first half. He's he's you know he's run run the channels well. He's 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 done exactly what he needs to do." And I thought, well, I'm I'm hoping that. Well, at the time, I was thinking, I hope it's not serious. But then, as you said, with the post-match comments, it was, well, it wasn't an injury. So you think, well, what's going on there? But the other thing about the, the change is that it kind of rams home something that we've spoken about on here. And that's the um, the, the position that Harry Anderson's finding himself in at the moment. Because, uh, in my opinion, if you're going to take off uh, George Grant on on the left... And you've got the options of having, um, you know, leaving Jack Payne on a new number 10 role. To me, the sense, again, this is my opinion on it and I don't want to, I don't want to cross the new bus, but to me, it would have made sense to possibly put Bruno back out on the left and then bring Harry Anderson on the right to kind of give us that, the balance of the natural wingers with Jack Payne sitting in that number 10 role again. Um, and it just makes me wonder if we might see something happening in January with regards to Harry, but I don't want to speculate wildly. I just, I'm, I'm wondering if that might be potentially on the cards there. Um, it was, it was a very odd, very odd change to make at the time I thought. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Interesting one. Yeah. What's really frustrating as well, because I talk about XG a lot and Jack Mulhall, if you're listening, you can, you can switch off for 30 seconds because we know you're not a stats man. Um, but frustratingly, the XG from this weekend, Lincoln City, 1.51. So we, from our chances, we should have scored 1.51 goals. I know if that's not possible, but you know what I mean? That that was the yeah, yeah. the average. Wimbledon's 0.38. So that was a game that we should have won 1 or 2 nil, and we actually drew one all. So I can take Michael Appleton's comments on board, absolutely. Um, you know, when you look down the XG, we've... We're not done too badly. I mean, even against Peterborough, you know, Peter, Peter, Peterborough's XG when they beat us two 0 was zero point five six. So we're just we're not getting the rub of the green at both ends of the field. You know, we should have, according to the XG, we should have beaten Wimbledon. Yes, we lost to Portsmouth, and that was a fair result. The draw with Shrewsbury again, yes, should have drawn with Peterborough. We outperformed Sunderland on XG correctly. We outperformed Man United kids. 2-0 on XG and lost 1-0. Um, Blackpool, we should have drawn, and then you've got back to Oxford. So in actual fact, on XG, the, the number of games that we should physically have lost in terms of the balance of play and the chance created since Michael Apton came through the door, the only one we should deserved to lose was Portsmouth. And mm. there's a positive and a negative there because the positive is we're doing everything right that we can do within our power, and that's you know, and I know that no, we're not because we're not scoring the goals, but we you know we're creating the chances, we're stopping chances at the other end. We, we you know we kept Peterborough down to 0.56 xg when they were when they're free scoring, so we are tough to beat, even though we got beat. 
We are mm. a good attacking force, 1.51. That's the highest XG that, that Michael Appleton has scored since he's been at the club, I think, um, apart from the Man United game. So we're moving forward. It's just, you know, if he doesn't quite, if he doesn't get there in three or four games, we get mm. to Christmas, yeah, he's suddenly got a, a tough, tough, tough time. You know, we've got, I mean, we're going to talk in a minute about an FA Cup game, which frankly, I couldn't really care less about. And uh, yeah, I'm a Lincoln fan. I want us to win. Don't, you know, don't take that the wrong way. I've been called a plastic this week on Twitter for betting against us. Um, but yeah, you know, league action, you've got Gillingham <laughs> coming up, you've got Tranmere coming up. These are, these are games that, you know, they're not must win games because must win games come in April and May, but they yeah. are games that, you know, our future direction hang on. Yeah, it's um, it, it's a difficult one to to sort of analyze, and I know that um, there's been when it you know when Michael Appleton came into the club, there was a hell of a lot of positivity, and personally, I'm still very up on it. You know, I'm still very very positive and very confident that he is the the bloke that you know the the board obviously put their faith in him, and they want to push him down the the push him down the long term road with Lincoln, and it's. It's so frustrating and it's so, it's, it just boils my, you know, it really does boil my piss that you've got people who are almost calling for his head already. It's like, he's been here six weeks. If anybody here has settled into a brand new job within six weeks and is outperforming the person that was there previously, I'd love to know it. Because it just, it does, it very rarely happens in any walk of life, let alone in football management. You know, you, you obviously, occasionally you get, you know, I think people call it like the dead cat bounce, where you get the, the quick upswing in results when a new manager comes through the door. But look at the teams we had to play when he came in. You know, we had Blackpool, we had Portsmouth, we had Peterborough. All of these teams, like those teams will be up and around the top six come the end of the season. And I I just think he's had a difficult run of games to start with. Um but for me, I think the the key for for this season, and ultimately the key for for where he's you know where Michael Appleton's going to be judged this year is is come May. Are we in the bottom three in May? If we are, then yes, we can criticise. If we're not, I don't care. Like if we stay in this league this season, and I said this at the start of the season when everybody else was predicting us to finish, you know, third or second or whatever it was. On the, on other podcasts, I said, as long as we stay in this league, we'll be absolutely fine because we've got we've got a platform to build on. Obviously, at the time, it was a different management, a different structure, and everything else. But the, with with the resources that are available now, I mean, I'm 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 hypothesising. I don't know what's in the bank. You know, I don't know what's there, but presumably there is still money left over from from what you know from the previous departures. And I just think it's going to be, it'll be a very interesting January because what I think is going to happen is we've got, you know, Michael Appleton's inherited an imbalanced squad. There's no, there's no wording around, there's no way around that at all. He's inherited a squad that's very heavy in the midfield, very, very light up top. And I just think, give him January. Let's see who he brings in. Let's see what happens after that. And if we're still in League One come the close season, then we can build on that, and next season is is where we start to, you know, I know that 
that previous you know, previous people didn't like the word consolidate, but that's what this season is all about now. You know, and we can push on next season and become an established League One team, and then maybe two years down the line we can start looking at promotion or whatever. But to to start criticising and going in on a new manager after six weeks is is just ludicrous to me. Um, and unfortunately, I'm already starting to see it, but. <sighs> It'll happen, and I can understand to a degree where where some people feel like that if they if they're not kind of analysing the situation as much or something, and people that say it's a results business and we're not getting the results and all that sort of thing. Unfortunately, football is is now in a place where people's people's views are instant. So this would have happened years ago. I I, I used to be very reactive back in the. Uh, in, in the late 90s and, and that sort of time, I remember standing at the pub saying Alan Buckley should have been sacked after six games. He should have been, by the way, because I didn't particularly rate Alan Buckley as a manager. Um, <laughs> Phil Stamp. But at the time, there was no social media, so you'd gob off in the pub to your mates about it, play a few rounds of pool and it'd be gone. Now it's on the internet. Everybody sees it. And I take... Um, I take it to heart sometimes. It's nothing to do with me, but people having a go at Mike Appleton and then you get defensive and you end up falling out with people you shouldn't fall out about. And um, yeah, I, I respect opinion. I think hmm. if that manifested itself in, in 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 real terms at a ground, you know, if people were shouting abuse or something like that, I think it would be a little bit different. But look, you know, we're talking about yeah, a yeah. 1-1 draw away at Wimbledon where we went and lost 1-0 two years ago in the FA Cup. So, We've improved <laughs> at the, yeah. the very base level, um, but we, we're coming up to a, a critical time of the year. Let me tell you, a couple of wins in this division might put you up to to tenth or something like that. But um, I'd, we will still be in relegation danger in March, but we'll probably be joined with fifteen by fifteen other teams or, or ten, twelve other teams or something like that, because this is yeah. a tough league. Um, and if we keep doing the right things the right way we will get a, an outcome. And I know that the definition of insanity is doing the same things and expecting a different outcome. But from what we are doing, we should be expecting a different outcome. We should be scoring more goals. And I'm not going to say we need to get our head down and get down to January because do you know what? It's as much about the players that we've got now taking Michael Appleton's message on board and, and delivering on that. And I think hmm. to say, I'd, I'd read some people saying, oh, well, we lack mental strength now because we've conceded a late goal. Um, yeah, it's not the case. We were away from home against a team that has a, a record of scoring away goals. Look at uh, late goals. Look, check, you know, they, that's what they do. They soak up pressure. They play as an away team at home. And that's what they did this weekend. Um, yes, we should have won the game. Yeah, according to the XG and in my opinion, you know, I think I wrote that a draw was probably a fair result, um, but on the quality of chances, we should have won the game. Uh, get mm. get this weekend out of the way, get back to, to what I call real life, we'll get this one and Rotherham, obviously. Um, keep doing what we're yeah. doing, and I'm still confident that, that Lincoln City Football Club will be a League One side next season. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's, the, the more I see of... Of this squad and this team and this, this, you know, obviously the new manager as well. There's nothing really that makes me worry that there are like two worse teams or hang on, twenty one other better teams than us in this league. Like I, I, I don't think that we are bottom three material in this league at all. Um, but obviously, uh, twenty. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah, it, you know, I, I don't think, I, I don't think there are. And I think we'll be, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying we're going to go on a massive run and then somehow manage to sneak the playoffs this year, because if that happens, it will be an absolute miracle. But the fact is that, like you say, two or three wins and it, it'll, it'll catapult you up the league to a, a point where you look thinking, hang on, we could make a push. But then, two more defeats and you're back down, you know, in, in the, in the doldrums. And unfortunately it's a very difficult league to keep track of, keep track of as well because of all of the, uh, the, the chaos with the fixture list, you know, there's, there's always going to be more teams that have got one game in hand or two games in hand over everybody else. And it's, it's just a bit of a messy season, but that's another rant for another day. I think, um, Shall we look at Ipswich or shall we just talk around it because it's a cup game and it's pointless trying to predict a cup game? <laughs> yeah, I mean I I think it's it's one of it it's a weekend where like you say two weeks time we're going to be back to we're going to be back to normality we're going to be back to league football. Um unfortunately it's still going to be away because you know we've we've not got a home game till the end of the year, but it's going to be, I mean, I've seen people saying, oh, well, the, the wheels have fallen off the loco now because we sold, we've only sold a thousand tickets to Ipswich this year and all this. But we're in the same league as them now. Like when, when we got the, the draw against Ipswich in, in two, uh, uh, 2016, late 2016, that was one of those where you go, bloody hell, we're a non-league team and they're in the championship. This is going to be brilliant. Whereas now it's like, well, they're only, what, like 10, 12 places above us. It's it's not that big a deal. And while we said at the time, yes, they are the, technically they're the biggest club in the competition at this stage. It doesn't feel like that. And it just feels like it's, well, it's another game. Like it's, there's no... There's no real incentive. There's no massive push behind it to to get the four or five thousand fans down there to to fill out that sa- uh, that stand at Portman Road again. So I, I'm not feeling all that excited about it. If I'm honest, I'm I'm a bit like eh, okay, it's a game. Like I'm I'm unfortunately working on Saturday, so I can't I can't make the game anyway. But I'm like, well, I'm not that bothered that I'm missing out. And I know that sounds. That sounds really strange, but I'm I'm not. I, I I don't know if you're if you're heading down there or if you're feeling the same. Or um, I just want it out of the way. Um, I don't. I, it's a shame because I quite like the early rounds of the FA Cup, and I feel that since our cup run, um, we've not. When I say we've not had the magic, we've not had the brilliant. We've not had good draws really. Um, away at Wimbledon was was interesting. Uh, but last year, we had good draws last year in terms of progression because we played teams a similar size to us and at home. Um, but for me, you know, the FA Cup's about going to Chorley or welcoming something minor's welfare. Do you know what I mean? That, that's the FA Cup to me. And um, you know, when we were the small club in the National League, then yes, brilliant drawing Ipswich, as you say, was fantastic because it was a big, a big game. And I think when, when Ipswich are on your domestic fixture list anyway when they're on your league fixture and and it's a game that you're kind of thinking fucking hell I don't want to go there and get beat do you know what I mean um, the last thing you want is to be then handed it in the FA Cup and it's very yeah. much like I remember I think it was Keith's first season in charge I think we got drew on away at Carlisle um, and we'd, we'd lost 1-0 to them at our place I think I think that's the timeline I'm, I might stand corrected but I remember just thinking you know, if this was a league game we'd be going there thinking 
so I can't get up for the magic of the cup. I, I, yeah. I'm not feeling it, to be honest, in the same way that you're not. And I, you know, that's that's not taking anything away. It's not the FA Cup's fault. It's just the fact that the draw wasn't kind to us. Um, but I didn't really get up for um, the cup last year either because I wanted to win the league. Um, I was really excited about the Wimbledon draw because I'd never been there. But again, it was a kind of a, well, this is the end of the road, chaps. And the thing is, you know, beat Ipswich, get to the next round, get then, you know, we'd, we'd be one of the top teams left in the competition because you would imagine the number of League One v League One ties. Any League One team that gets through is going to have, you know, far less of a chance of drawing a fellow League One team than they probably did in the first round. So in actual fact, mm. it, you know, if you could get past the Ipswich game, it would be an opportunity to get to the third round again. And then we can, you know, we got a fantastic draw at Everton last year. It was a wonderful occasion. Um, I wasn't actually looking forward to going to Everton at the time because I was so focused on promotion that, that I, yeah, I struggled to get up for the cup. I was saying last year, we've had our time. And, you know, then we went to Everton and put in a great, did it. <laughs> yeah, put in a great performance and, yeah, I just, I just wish that we'd got a better draw. Even if it was, a, you know, even Ipswich at home, I'd be a little bit more excited about. But you know, when when you can only draw teams from League One, League Two, and then National League, drawing the team that are top of League One away really is a kick in the bollocks. And yeah. when you've got a trip to Ipswich coming up later on the calendar as well, and people go, "Well, we won't take four thousand this year." No, we won't take four thousand this year because we're playing Ipswich, Peterborough, Portsmouth. We're playing teams like that week in, week out, so it isn't as much of a draw. And there'll be a lot of people going, "Oh, it's the plastics." I know that there were plenty of people who went to the Ipswich uh, encounter who hadn't been to watch Lincoln for years before because I was I was on a bus with four or five of them asking me what Lincoln players' names were, but it was. You know, I don't resent that because we took four thousand there. Would I? Would I feel bad if we were taking four thousand tomorrow and three thousand of them were new fans? Of course not. And not. Yeah, mm. it's tomorrow. Obviously, we're recording Thursday. Um, yes. So, yeah, you know, let, let's let, take everything else away from it. Take the disappointment of the draw. Take the fact that you know, between me and you, we're more or less making it sound like we're beaten already, which absolutely is not the case. Um, you know, Ipswich have have had a little bit of a wobble. You don't know what team that they're gonna they're gonna put out because they've got such a big squad that that they could play any number of players. Um, yeah, you know, okay, they've won their last two games, uh, beat Southend and Rochdale, which a team like them should be doing. But they lost to Ipswich. Uh, they lost to Ipswich, dickhead. They lost to Rotherham. They <laughs> lost to Accrington. Um, I mean, they've been on a pretty good run before that. To be fair, I think unbeaten in nine or ten games. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see the team that they play, uh, the team that they put out, because they've got some great players. You know, Luke Garbutt's on loan there, I think, from Everton. He's a good player. In their last league game, John Nolan started. Danny Rowe started. Caden Jackson, who we've seen at Sinsalbant playing for Accrington, started. And James Norwood, who isn't actually scoring as many as you would think. Uh, they've got Andre Dazelle. Mm. He's a cracking little player. Alan Judge should be playing championship football. Um, they've got a lad who I think might get a run out tomorrow. He was sent off against Accrington and hasn't played since. I think he's an um, Albanian uh, under-21 international, and I might stand corrected on that. Amon, Amanda Gobra. Um, okay. And this is a kid who, uh, because obviously I was right in Football League world at the time, really impressed in the EFL Cup against Luton away. I think he scored. He's only 18 years old big future. I wonder if Paul Lambert might take the opportunity 
to play a couple of the fringe players. The only reason he might not is uh, their trip to Oxford on the 16th, I think, has been cancelled because it's an international weekend. Uh, so this is their last big game because they play Colchester in the shithouse trophy. Um, but this is their last big game until the 23rd of November. So, you know, it might mm. be that he gives everyone a, a run out. We, we will have to see. They did play Tuesday. Be a, be a nice chance to boo John Nolan, one of the best technical players that graced Lincoln during our time in the National League, but an utter arsehole. Um, and, you know, James Wilson, uh, uh, we were speaking off air and no doubt we'll mention it now, is a player that I really wish we had in our squad, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, that there is obviously the... Um there's obviously the, the sort of slight elephant in the room of, of James Wilson, who um, I think it's probably fair to say that we weren't the biggest, uh, we weren't the biggest fans of his when he was here. Um, well, I, I think, he, <laughs> I think possibly, I don't know. I th- he never, he didn't really seem to get the chance that he, he desperately needed. And I think an injury came along at just the wrong time. And he was always, to be fair, he was played out of position quite a bit when, uh, whenever we, whenever we tended to see him. Um, but you know, for I don't know, th- th- there's been some comments, and we we sort of had a quick chat off air about this one. There's been some comments about his time at Lincoln, um, and it's it's one of those. As I drop my mouse on the floor, um, it's one of those conversations where a lot of it actually isn't relevant at the moment because he talks he talks about it a lot, and then he said that he didn't or he didn't get on with uh, the the Cowley style of management and that he had a very difficult 18 months that two players came into the the club that or that came into form at the wrong time and ultimately you know it led to him not getting in the team and he felt like he wasn't getting any chances and decided to end his contract a year early and and head out to Ipswich so I I don't really bear him any ill will I think he was it was one of those where he'd, uh, he'd had obviously a, a difficult time and he, he's making no bones of it. But um, some interesting comments overall, I think, about how he didn't necessarily get on with uh, with the former management's, ma- uh, well, man- management style, I guess. Um, and then he obviously went on to talk about how they're going to do well at that other club up the road and all the rest of it. But did what did what did you make of it from from the the stuff that he said and obviously are you looking forward to seeing him he, he actually uh yeah he did say one more thing about looking forward to uh playing against a couple of players that are no longer there which puzzled both me and you didn't it um and I, first of all i'd say the hmm. a tweet from jack Mulhall, and it's not connected to uh the blog at all but i quite liked it so uh, James Wilson critiquing Cowley's man management style. He's like listening to someone confess that they've seen the Loch Ness Monster. You don't want to call him a liar, <laughs> but no one else can confirm it's true. Yeah, I did see that. That was pretty good. But yeah, I, uh, we must get Jack on the pod. He's, uh, I think he would be a good value guest. Um, I, I was always a fan of James Wilson. I think the game time that he didn't get was probably he was probably as much a victim of circumstance, I think, as anything. Because um, mm. yes, he did get injured. He, I, I thought he started relatively well for us. He scored on his debut, um, and then we went to Cambridge and drew nil nil, and he broke his ankle. I think that was in the March, February, February mm. or March time. Um, and obviously, by, by the time he's come back to full fitness, it's the next season, and we've got Jason Shackle and Michael Boswick. 
um, and he's not going to get in uh, ahead of Jason Shackle and Michael Boswick. Um, playing him out wide, I always got the sense he wasn't happy. Uh, obviously, I do the the program interview uh, with him, and I, we spoke about him being a versatile player, and he more or less said, uh, "I'm not happy with it." Not in as right. many words, uh, uh, or, or in sorry in many more words that skirted around the situation, uh, skirted yeah. around the issue. Um, and, you know, and I, I actually felt desperately sorry for him at times, especially when we signed Kean Bolger. Yeah, and and yeah. that was a, a real surprise when we signed Bolger because I thought actually we needed different positions than that. Um, and, you know, it, 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 it was an odd one. And I think at the time I said that it, it, it didn't bode well for James Wilson. I do know that he turned down or I suspect he turned down a move in January transfer window. I think there was a team in our level who were, were in for him. And I think he, he didn't want to, to make that move. And I, I got the impression from conversations that I had with other parties uh, that, that James Wilson was, was, always destined to leave in the summer um, and had he left in January that he, he might have generated some more funds for us to perhaps not sign Lee Angle but somebody else. Um, now whether that you know I'm not, I'm not stating that as, as fact that's kind of conjecture and what I've gleaned so I always I, I got the impression uh, at the end of the January transfer window that there was issues between player and management um, mm. which is obviously what he's insinuating as well. I actually always thought he was a really good centre-back. I think the pro- the thing that he didn't have that, that the previous management loved in a centre-back was height. He wasn't mm. as tall, as angry and as ugly as Bozzy. He wasn't as tall and aerially, dom- aerially dominant as Jason Shackle and he wasn't as tall and ginger as Kian Bolger. And I think that kind of set him back. So because he was a little shorter... Or he was certainly perceived to be. Someone might pull me up on that and go, "No, hey, he's not." Um, he, he was played out of position. I liked him because he'd got a bit of legs. He was the quickest of our centre backs up until he left, without a doubt. Um, done really well for himself. I'm actually really pleased for him. Whenever I spoke to him, he seemed like a nice guy. Um, a little bit unassuming, maybe a little bit personality-wise. I wonder if maybe behind the scenes he was the sort of that might upset the apple cart a little bit because, again. Um, a conversation recently about how nice our squad was and it suggested that you know players that didn't come across as particularly nice or were particularly agitated agitators behind the scenes have been shipped out and you know when Ollie Palmer certainly was was one who I think who fit that bill and I'm not going to question that but I would like to have seen James Wilson stay with the club and I after this weekend I wish him all the best apart from whenever he's lining up against us but I think he'll mm. do well yeah I, I can only really echo that it's uh I think, yeah, probably a little bit hasty to say, yeah, but um, it just seemed like he was always played out of position in, in the wrong time, and it it was the ultimately it's proven to be the what was it? it had proven to be the wrong move at the wrong time for him to come to Lincoln, but um, yeah, it's uh, it, it will certainly be interesting. And the, the comments about him wanting to, to line up against people that had left. I mean, my first thought for that was was he wanted to have a go at Mark and Reedy, um, but yeah, we we'll see what happens there. Um, <laughs> but I did. I did take one thing uh, issue with one thing that you said in uh, in your little in 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 that sort of segment there, and that is that you said uh, he wasn't as he wasn't as big and ugly as Bozzy. Um, how dare you criticise Michael Boswick and call him ugly? He is a fine specimen of a man 
that my wife is legitimately concerned for me about. So, well, I'm a little concerned now. <laughs> Although not as concerned, going to stray off a little bit now because not as concerned as people looking at my internet history would be. <laughs> and I, no, honestly, I, I've, I, I do. I write for, uh, and the listeners, honestly, this is going off, but you'll you'll like this, I'm sure. Uh, I, I do a lot of um, link development articles now, so I'm not just writing about football. I'll get sent. Uh, kind of a website and a link and I'll, I'll integrate it's all very yeah it's, it's good I, I'm learning every day um and one of the uh, one of the articles I had to write was uh, the the for the balls out bingo manscapes calendar uh, of 2020 right. and the title was behind the scenes with the balls out bingo manscapes calendar now before you google manscapes calendar it's not quite what you think because I thought, oh, I know what this will be. It'll be the sort of thing that your gran hangs on the inside of the cupboard. You oh, know? no. <laughs> she opens it up and it's blokes in their smalls and that. that you know, that that sort of thing. The, the same as a girly calendar used to be in a garage. No, 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 no. Balls out bingo manscapes calendar is a calendar aimed at men featuring men. Now, I'm not a homophobe, but I had to extensively research this calendar trying to find models names and things like that so my internet history is literally for an hour and a half yesterday me looking at what can only be described as homosexual material at least that's what you're gonna tell fee all right mrs bostwick <laughs> uh, it, w- it was quite funny at the um at the, the fireworks actually because uh because bozzy was well the, the the um the team was sat uh relatively close to where we were and uh Bozzy was there with his with his family um sat with uh, sat with Shacks and um there was a photo doing the rounds I don't know if you saw it um where Bozzy sat with his kids and um he's there in basically a long sleeve t-shirt because of course he is um everyone else is there with you know the the, the thermals on and you know the big coats and the gloves he's just sat there with a you know with a long sleeve t-shirt on and um it looks like he had a my little pony blanket wrapped around him or wrapped around his legs and i th- um rach sent me it and i said to her you know what you still wouldn't mess with him even with a my little pony blanket wrapped around his uh, wrapped around his legs no quite right i i would have no reason to mess with michael bostwick at all <laughs> Oh dear, what a guy. What a guy. Anyway, um, I think we said we were going to try for half an hour and we're going 40 minutes at the minute. Is there anything that you, uh, you, we need to talk about additionally or? No, not that I can think of. Um, obviously, please go to www.fsa.org and vote for the Stacey West. Um, it will be like voting for the Green Party in the general election in that uh, <laughs> you will be voting for someone that's not going to win, but bloody hell, you'll feel good about it. <laughs> I'm going to steer clear of poli- I'm going to steer clear of political analogies because I know that otherwise I will just get a torrent of abuse on Twitter. You will. I uh, I've actually just been doing a little bit of research onto the FSF uh, SFA while you were talking because I've got to do something to keep myself amused. Um, and uh, there's only two clubs outside of the Premier League that are voted in the fan media category, and there's only me that does that's in the bottom two divisions. So I genuinely, Harry Toffolo has also just liked the tweet, which is quite nice. So, you know, friends in high places and the not the top 20 pod have as well. So there you go. 
Well, I've not really got anything to plug other than the game's website because I put two videos out. Uh, they've done quite well last week. Um, I've got another video coming out soon, which kind of details the, the reason that the podcast was late last week, um, which was me going to an abandoned prison in Leicestershire and shooting lots of people um, and getting shot at as well with airsoft guns. Um, that Do they hurt when you get hit? Do they hurt? Um, it depends where you get hit. Uh, if you get hit on bare skin, it can like ping off because they're, they're plastic balls, they're plastic ball bearings. It's not like you're shooting metal ones at each other because that would be insane. But it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, it depends. Again, you can like set the, the, the pressure on the gun and stuff like that. But I, um, I was walking up some stairs and there was a guy coming down the stairs. I didn't realize it. I turned to look. Um, cause they were sort of folded back on themselves, turned to look, saw the guy there, shot him at nearly point blank range. And I'm pretty sure I got him in the face. Um, so they can't hurt that much because otherwise he probably would have shouted at me. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it was a good, it was a good weekend. It was a good weekend. Good day. It was all about, um, a sniper game, sniper ghost warrior contracts, I think it's called. So that was, uh, yeah, an enjoyable, enjoyable day, and the video's going up shortly, and you can see me. And Man United like a shirt. No, not with a Man United shirt. I had my Lincoln City hoodie on, actually. Did so, you have your uh, Man United shirt on underneath it? No, I didn't, Gary. Did you have your Man United Superman pants on? No, I didn't have my Man United Superman pants. How did you know I got those? <laughs> uh, and anyone that wants to play me on FIFA, I've actually ventured online onto the Rivals thing. And oh, my first game, I was so excited because I, I was telling Pete you the other week, wasn't I? I packed the Brunier and I sold him on and bought Dries Mertens up front. And then I packed Dybala as well. And since then, in, in squad building challenges, I've packed Casemiro, who's 87 rated defensive midfielder, who doesn't gel with any of my players at all. Um, <laughs> European, uh, the Champions League, Kingsley Coman, which is basically just Kingsley Coman, but in a on a little blue thing instead. I've got this this mint team, and uh, yeah, I went online, and this kid had got like three bronze players in his team, and his chemistry was low. And I was like, ah, I have this, I, I'm going to smash this bastard into next week. Got to beat seven two. <laughs> Honestly, I am utter rubbish. Playing on squad battles, I made the uh, the top 3% on squad battles. I got into Elite 1. The next step up is like the top 100 in the country. So I'm on Elite 1 against the computer, playing everything on um, world class, apart from, you know, like the 87 rated on professional. Absolutely smashing it. And, and I, I thought, I'm brilliant. I'm, I'm good. I'm ready for this. Fucking hell. Honestly. <laughs> I could, my passing was terrible. My tactics were wrong. My players were running everywhere. I called the dog a twat. I was so angry. And then I played again and got beat 5-0, so I thought I'd give up. But since then, I've actually, I have actually managed to win one. Wow. Yeah, Rivals is pretty uh, it's pretty intense. Yeah, it is, yeah. And That's I don't so. like it because you play it and someone comes to the door. You can't go and answer the door, can you? No. So I just had to shout through and time to bugger off. <laughs> I'm playing FIFA. I'm playing FIFA. Leave my uh, <laughs> towel, anthracite towel rail outside and get back in your van <laughs> delivery chap. Oh, I've got a I've got a parcel coming tomorrow and it's being delivered to home because they couldn't send it to, to my work address and I'm hoping it's not hammering down with rain and they leave it outside. We are still recording, aren't we? Yes, we are, okay. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, insights into Ben and Gary's day-to-day life right there. Um, but anyway, I think we should probably stop recording now because we've gone 45 minutes. We said we weren't, but uh, there we go. Anyway, we will see you guys next week. My cat is knocking over all kinds of stuff in my room, so I'm just going to go and 
tell her off and uh, yeah have a good week and up the imps see you later the TalkSport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.